Good morning, and thank you for listening to the Walking by Faith podcast with Reverend Mark Hawks of Crossroads Ministries. Listeners may follow Crossroads Ministries on social media and visit our website, crossroadsministries.webador.com, for our monthly devotionals, platforms, and more. This is the Reverend Mark Hawks. Thank you so much for being with us here on the Walking by Faith podcast, Crossroad Ministries. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the 13th chapter of the book of Matthew, verse 3. And he spoke many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. When he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. And some fell upon stony places, for they had not much earth. And they sprang up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Verse 7. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. And others fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Verse 9, Jesus says, Who has ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speaketh thou unto them in parables? Verse 11, He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. As Jesus traveled from village to village and from town to town, multitudes of people came out to hear him preach. They had heard of his preaching and his miracles of healing and raising the dead. So they flocked to him wherever he went. John Wesley was once asked how he was able to get such large crowds to come out to hear him when other ministers were preaching to empty pews. Now this is really comical what he says. He stated that he simply set himself on fire and the people came out to watch him burn. What is a parable? Now Jesus uses parables here in the 13th chapter of the book of Matthew. What is a parable? A parable has been defined as an earthly story with a heavenly truth. A parable may serve one of three purposes. First of all, it may emulate a spiritual truth which the hearer might not otherwise understand. Secondly, it may help the hearer remember the truth longer or more accurately. And thirdly, and strangely enough, it may conceal the truth. It may be difficult for outsiders to understand what is being spoken. But there are a handful of people, a small percentage of those, who truly are seeking for the truth of the gospel and they hear and they receive the gospel because their hearts are sincere. The book of Jeremiah says that you shall seek me and you shall find me when you search me with all of your heart. So we find here in the 13th chapter of the book of Matthew that Christ lays out four different categories of groups of people that hear the gospel. Now the sower that went forth to sow, of course, is the Son of God, is Christ, or it's a minister in today's terminology, would you speak, giving out the word of God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we praise you. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your blessings. We thank you, Lord, for this another opportunity to be able to share the gospel. We pray that you bless the reading and the preaching and the teaching of your word. We ask you, Lord, that the Spirit of God would anoint it. May, Lord, everything be accomplished today that you wish to have done. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. So we find here in the 13th chapter of the book of Matthew, a sower went forth to sow. That's what Christ did. We have four different categories of groups of people here. Verse 4, And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Jesus explains exactly what he's talking about here in the very same chapter in verse 18. The first category, and when he sowed, some fell by the wayside. They don't go into the ground because the ground is hard. There's no moisture. There's no soil there. The seeds are simply tossed by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured them up. Verse 4. 
Jesus says in the very same chapter, in verse 18, Hear you therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then cometh the wicked one, which of course is Satan, and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received the seed by the wayside. This is the first group. Okay, now we go on to the second group of people. And some fail, verse 5, some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. Now, we've all seen this. Somebody comes to the altar, somebody makes a profession of faith, they immediately just spring up. You know, they're very happy. They received the word of God. Here's what Christ says here in verse 20 about those that receive it in the stony places. This is the second group. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that hears the word and with joy receives it. Verse 21. Yet has he not root in himself, but endureth for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises, because of the word, by and by, he is offended. That's the second root. Verse 6, Jesus says, And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. They had no deepness, and they had no root. Now we go on to the third group of people, where the sower and the seed, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. Yep, that's what the devil does. He chokes you. This is the third category. Jesus addresses this in verse 22 of the same chapter. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. Verse 8, the last category. And others fell into good ground, and brought forth some a hundredfold, and some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Verse 23, Jesus elaborates. But he that received the seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it. He hears the word. They all hear the word. They all receive the word to some extent. But this last category, but he that received the seed into the good ground is he that hears the word and understands it and also goes forth and brings forth fruit. Some of them bring forth a hundredfold, some of them sixty and some thirty. The word of God being received. I want to just speak to you here just a little bit briefly about the Word of God being given. Then I'm going to talk to you about the second point is the Word hindered. And the third, the Word of God being obeyed. Let's look here at the Word of God being given. The book of St. John, chapter 1, verse 1. The Apostle John writes this beautiful thing. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. In Acts chapter 7, verse 53, Stephen, the first martyr of the New Testament church, when he preached to them, to the Jews, they were so mad at him and so angry at him. Here is what he said to them in Acts chapter 7, verse 53. You have received the law by the dispensation of angels and have not kept it. The epistle of John, 1 John chapter 1, verse 1, that from the beginning we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and handled the word of life. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. The book of Psalms 138. I will praise thee with my whole heart, David said. I will worship toward thy holy temple and raise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He says, for thou hast magnified thy word. In Psalms 138, you have magnified thy word above all thy name. The word of God has been given. And what will repair the damage that's been done to this country is the preaching of the word of God. The fiery pulpits of men standing behind pulpits and proclaiming the word of God and calling our nation back 
to repentance. Preaching the word, being instant in season and out of season. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16, Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. The Apostle Paul acknowledged in one of his epistles, Some indeed preach Christ, some of envy, some of strife, some add afflictions to my bonds. Many of them preach for the wrong reason. Some of them preach for profit. Some of them preach for money. But the word of God, he nevertheless said, As long as the word of God is preached, I rejoice. In the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 29, For he taught them, Christ, as having authority and not as the scribes. In St. John, chapter 7, verse 32, And the Pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to take Jesus. I don't know what the charge was going to be. In the last day, verse 37, Jesus said, If any man of thirst, let him come unto me and drink. In chapter 7, verse 45, And the Pharisees and the chief priests asked the officers, Why have you not brought him? And they said, in St. John, chapter 7, verse 47, Never has a man spoke like this man. Christ spoke with authority. When he spoke, he spoke with authority the word of God. The prophet Jeremiah called the weeping prophet. In Jeremiah, chapter 20, verse 9, Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart as a burning fire set up within my bones, and I could not stay. Jeremiah, chapter 23, verse Verse 29, it's not my word like a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. Secondly, we see the word of God being hindered. First John chapter 2, verse 16, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. John goes on to write, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And all these things Jesus spoke unto the multitude in parables, and without a parable spoke he not unto them. So we find here in the sower and the seed that there are four categories, those that fall by the wayside, the stony ground, the thorns, and the good ground. That tells us that one out of four is an average, that the 25% receive the truth and 75% don't perceive the hidden truth. I want to touch on here the word of God being given. And I want to speak on the Word of God being hindered and the Word of God being obeyed. First of all, let's look at the Word of God being given. In St. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God. In Him was life and the light of men. The Apostle Paul said in Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, But I certify, brother, that the gospel which was preached to me is not after man, for neither I received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. In Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5, for every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in Him. In Psalms 138, David wrote, I will praise thee with my whole heart. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. Now listen to this. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Think of that. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. In the Old Testament, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, man shall live by. In Luke chapter 4, when Jesus was tempted of Satan after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was in the wilderness, and it says that he was hungry. In Luke chapter 4, verse 3, And the devil come unto him, and said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. And Jesus quoted from the Old Testament, where he says, Man shall not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That's in Deuterometry chapter 8, verse 3. It also says in this same book in the Old Testament, that thou shalt teach them unto your children. You shall talk of them in your home. You shall bind them for a sign upon thy hand. They shall be as frontlets. Frontlets was a ornament worn on the forehead. You shall wear them as frontlets between thy eyes. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 11, when the disciples asked Jesus, Why do you speak unto them in parables? And Jesus said in Matthew 13 and 11, 
Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of God, but unto them it is not given. He was fulfilling the scripture, the Old Testament scripture, in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 10, where God says, Make the heart of this people fat, make their ears heavy, shut their eyes, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and they should understand with their hearts, and they should be converted. When Christ spoke the word, he spoke it with authority. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 29, For he taught as one having authority, not as the scribes. In Mark chapter 1, verse 22, They were astonished at his doctrine, for he had authority. When the centurion came unto Jesus in the 8th chapter of the book of Matthew, you know what he asked him. He says, Lord, come and heal my servant. And Jesus was prepared to go with him. But the centurion said to Christ, I know that if you'll just speak the word only, speak the word only. He said, you don't even have to go to my home. Just speak the word only. In Matthew, the same chapter, verse 14, Jesus comes to Peter's house and Peter's mother-in-law was sick, his wife's mother. And the Bible says that Jesus touched her hand and the fever left her. In verse 16 of the same chapter, And when the evening was come, they brought to him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word. He did what? He cast out the spirits with his word. And he healed all that were sick. In the 20th chapter of the book of Exodus, the Ten Commandments are given. The word of God is given. The first commandment is, Thou shalt have no other gods before thee. The second one is, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. The third one is, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God's name in vain. Oh, and I hear that so much. It sends a chill up my spine. And the fourth is to remember the Sabbath and to keep it holy. The first four deal with our relationship with our God. And the last six deal with our relationship one with another. The fifth one is, Honor thy father and thy mother. And the sixth one is, Thou shalt not kill, or thou shalt not murder. A commandment that we've broken so many times over by destroying and terminating the unborn inside the womb of a mother. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not murder. In the book of Jeremiah, God told Jeremiah, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. God knew who he was. God had a plan for his life. God sanctified him before he was even born. He ordained him to be a prophet unto the nations. How many doctors, and lawyers, and people who would have made major breakthroughs in the medical field that have contributed so much to mankind, to everybody, that have never had the chance to pursue life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The seventh commandment, thou shalt not commit adultery. King David committed adultery. Somebody said, well, King David went to heaven? Yeah, King David, he was everything. He was a sinner. He was a saint. He was a man after God's own heart. That's what God said about him. But yet he committed he committed adultery and he committed murder. And then he lied to cover it all up. But if David can make it, anybody can. Yes, because our God is merciful. Our God is full of mercy. If Christians sin, if Christians commit adultery, they can receive forgiveness. If Christians fall and stumble, they can receive forgiveness. Well, David, he went to heaven. How in the world is that possible? Because our God is a merciful God. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And the eighth one, thou shalt not steal. The world would be a whole lot more better place if people didn't steal. I guess you can't get away with it anymore with all these cameras around everywhere, but the loss of revenue for merchandise and things that dealerships lose and people that run businesses, they probably lose a lot of people simply stealing. But the Word of God tells us, thou shalt not steal. Whatever don't belong to you, you don't take it. And if you do take it, you pay for it. But to people who do steal, cause the prices of the things inside the store to go up because they, they have to cover their losses. And the ninth one is, Thou shalt not bear a false witness. 
I think that goes on a lot. And the tenth one is, Thou shalt not covet. The Word of God, the Word of God that is given unto us. Secondly, what can hinder the Word of God? Unbelief. That's what can hinder the Word of God. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 58, And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. In Proverbs, what can hinder the Word of God? The book of Proverbs says in the sixth chapter of the book of Proverbs, listen to this, Six things the Lord hates, seven are an abomination to him. Proud look, number one, proud look, a lying tongue. This can hinder the Word of God. Proud look. A lying tongue. If you want to find out about the lying tongue, read the third chapter of the book of James. Hands that shed innocent blood. Fourth one. A heart that devises wicked imaginations. Feet that be swift and run into mischief. False witnesses. He that soweth discord among the brethren. What can hinder the word of God? Carnal preachers. Preachers standing behind pulpits that aren't even saved. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. When John Wesley said he set himself on fire and people came out to watch him burn, it says in Hebrews 1 and 7, His angels he maketh spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. What other things can hinder the word of God? Carnal Christians. You got carnal Christians. You got spiritual Christians. You got ice cold Christians. You got Alka-Seltzer Christians. You got up and down Christians. You got Christians who are unscriptural. They, don't, they say they're Christians but they don't believe the word of God. You have an unspiritual message inside the pulpit. Sometimes the preacher's not even converted. Sometimes he's not even born again. He's just there for a paycheck. Carnal Christians, carnal preachers, the Word of God not coming forth from the pulpit. No mention of sin or a judgment. Jesus said in St. John chapter 16, verse 8, And when He is come, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, when He is come, Jesus said, He will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Jesus said, of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father. And the third one, of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. The Word of God tells us in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, The Word of God, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Proverbs says that these are six things that the Lord hates, seven are an abomination unto him. You know what an abomination is? It's an exceptionally hateful, sinful, wicked, or vile sin. That's pretty harsh. Bearing false witness, and sowing discord among the brethren, and a lying tongue, and feet that run quick to mischief, a false witness. Getting away with anything. My Lord keeps a record, and He keeps a perfect record. He's got a perfect record of me, and He's got a perfect record of you. When we obey the Word of God, Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed is He, John wrote, Blessed is He that readeth. The Word of God promises us a blessing when we read the Word of God. Blessed is He that readeth and heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, and keep those things that are written therein. For the time is at hand. The book of Psalms says, 119. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways, but by taking heed and according to thy word. When I was a young man, when I got saved, when I first got saved, I got the job of being the custodian of the church, the old church, before we built the new one. I had the key to the church, and I could go out there, and I could sweep the church and clean the church out, sweep it out. And I enjoyed that. I really did. It reminded me of what David said. He said in Psalms 84 and 10, he said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell and intense of wickedness. We're talking about sweeping out of church. That reminds me of a preacher friend of mine who preached the message, and I never have forgot what he said in it. He told the story of a lady that came to the preacher. She said, Preacher said, we need a new preacher around here. 
So it's kind of like getting a new broom in a house. That it just sweeps better when you get a new broom. Pastor said to her, I said, well, that may well be true. He said, but the old broom knows where all the dirt is. Let's go back here to the book of James. When he talks about a proud look, a lying tongue, and he that soweth discord among the brethren, and he that bears the false witness. I don't know if many of us realize just how serious the charge that really is. To spread gossip, to spread things that are not true, you know they're not true, and you do it to cause hurt and damage. I never forget one time, I, this was years ago, and I won't mention the name, I won't mention the administration, but he was a man that was accused of all kinds of things. I don't know what all he'd done, but anyway, I think they were out to get him. But nevertheless, they drug his name through the newspapers in bold, black and white letters every day that he was charged with this, he was charged with that. I think he was charged with just about everything except treason. I think it was a political hit job, but nevertheless, fought it in court and it dragged on for a long, long time. And finally, after... I think maybe a year or two, he was finally vindicated. He was found not to be guilty of any of the charges that were brought against him. And then he met out there on the doorsteps of the courthouse with the press snapping pictures and everything. They asked him, how did you feel? He said, I just got one statement to make. He said, where do I go to get my reputation back? You know, the tongue is a, is a deadly weapon. And when we say things that are not true, and we know they're not true, or even if we think they're true. The book of James, let me just read this. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. James chapter 3. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and is also able to bridle the whole body. Verse 3. Behold, we put bits into the horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned out a very small hem, the governor listes. Verse 5, even so the tongue is a little member, and boasts great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, and a world of iniquity. And so is the tongue among our members, so it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things in the sea, and is tamed, and has been tamed of mankind. Verse 8. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Here's people that think they're Christians, or say they're Christians, but they don't practice any Christianity. Therefore, bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men. Out of the same mouth proceeds both blessings and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a fig, vine, pigs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. I heard a Hollywood star. I'm not going to mention his name because it's not worth mentioning. I don't want to get him any credibility. He don't have any credibility anyway, me. You know, the Bible says the fool has said in his heart that there is no God. Now, he didn't say there was no God. He made a statement. He said, if there is a God, I heard him say it. If there is a God, he's got a lot to answer for. That's what he thinks. A proud look. Those that come into the church to try to sow discord among them, brother. Hey, listen, if I can't help you get to heaven, I'm sure not going to try to hinder you to get there. If I can't help you get to heaven, and that's the same way we should be with everybody, especially our Christian brothers and sisters. If I can't help you, God forbid that I try to put a stumbling block in your way to make you fall. If you see your brother overtaking on the fault, go to him. Help him. Raise him up. Lest it, the very thing that makes him fall someday comes around and overtakes you. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. It's not the hearers of the word of God that are justified. The Bible states this very clearly. It is not the hearers of the word of God. If you hear it and if you have it in your heart and if you truly have been born again, if you have been born from above, you will have the attributes of Christ. 
You will love. You will practice that which you have received. You will act upon it. How do you know that? The Bible says in Romans chapter 2, verse 13, For not the hearers of the law are just before God. Not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers. James says here in James chapter 1, verse 22, But be you doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is likened unto a man that beholds his natural face in a glass. And he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whosoever looks into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Verse 26, notice this. Here's the distinction between those who profess, but those that don't possess. We have people around us that profess, but they do not possess. The wheat and the tires, I want to make this very clear. In the sower of the seeds, the wheat and the tires grow up together. In the 25th chapter of the book of Matthew, Jesus said that I will separate, I will separate those that have not received my word and taken my word and are not covered by the blood. They will be put on my left. And those that are on my right, He'll say, Blessed art thou, enter into the joys of your Lord. For I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you visited me. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me water. Verse 26, James chapter 1. And if any man among you seem to be religious and brighteth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and defile before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Now, if you don't believe James, just hop on over here to the epistle of John. 1 John chapter 1, verse 6. If we say we have fellowship with him, and we lie, we bear false witness, if we sow discord among the brothers. Some people just come to church just to stir things up, and they want to see a wreck. They want to see a major wreck. Well, I do a lot of driving throughout the country. The wreck that's already happened will cause another wreck because of the curiosity Everybody passing by, everybody wants to take pictures and everybody wants to see. You know, I'm concerned, I, I'm sorry for the accident that's happened, but sometimes they're so overtaken by looking at the wreck, they almost cause another wreck. And some people just want to cause a wreck. They want to sow discord among the brother. That's not Christian attributes. Lying, bearing false witness, sowing discord among the brother, that is the things that the world does. First John chapter 1, verse 6. If we say we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, if our profession, we say we have fellowship with him, we know him. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The word of God given, the word of God hindered, and the word of God obeyed. When the word of God is obeyed, we are blessed. Amen. I hope and pray that you enjoyed this and being with us today. May the Lord richly bless you until we meet again the next time. God bless you.
Thank you for listening to the Walking by Faith podcast with Reverend Mark Hawks of Crossroads Ministries. Podcasts air every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Listeners may follow Crossroads Ministries on Facebook for all the latest updates. And if you would like to partner with Crossroads Ministries and Walking by Faith, consider donating through our Anchor or Spotify platforms. If you have a prayer request, you may message us via the Facebook Messenger app and all requests are kept private. Because we walk by faith, not by sight, we hope that this message has touched your hearts and your homes this Sunday.